and welcome inside the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett. It is a huge, huge Monday. By the way, if you uh, hear, I kind of lost my voice because I was at the Jets game. Now, I preface that by saying I'm a Giant fan mostly, but I want to see the Jets do good. But Jets and Giant fans, I do believe, can say with authority that this sound is the best sound in the National Football League. Wait for it. I mean, how can you not say when firemen in, when the jet crowd is into it? Look, week four of an 18-week season, 17-game schedule, going into Sunday. I believe, and I still believe, that winning in game four of a 17-game season and going one and three in a 17-game season is okay. But going on four in a 17-game season would not suffice for any of these teams. And of course, here in New York, the Giants, somehow, with Saquon Barkley driving it in there with a huge overtime, 17 unanswered points. And remember what I told you a couple weeks ago here on the Sports Hour. I said quite simply, Jameis Winston and the Saints are on a whole a roller coaster season, and I'm kind of right on that. 17 unanswered points for the Giants, and they win it 27-21 in New Orleans. By the way, uh, with my connections a little better, to be honest, this is how this is how the Giants win against the Saints. Sounded for Saquon, Barkley, and the Giants. First and goal from the New Orleans six as Barkley takes it to the goal line. He's in. Giants win in overtime. And that is an actual Sports Hour guest. He comments frequently. Kenny Albert. And on the call for Fox, the Giants 27-21. And then yours truly. Why did I lose my voice, you ask? Why did I lose my voice? The Jets, up 27-24. Uh, uh, watch, I, I get the score wrong when I was at the game. No, they were up 27-24. 43, well, not even a 43-yard kick. But Bullock, who hit from 44 earlier, had to have made a basically chip shot in my view. And by the way, the Titans lost Rob Baronis, who was a great kicker for them. So Bullock, this kick as heard and seen from be, uh, from behind the end zone, which the Titans were coming towards in, in that end zone at the time, Arguably, this was the most exciting part of the game, let alone Zach Wilson's incredible uh, performance today. I mean, can we talk about that in a second? 
But first, you don't want to miss this. And the Jets did win it. Not only were they going to, they did. Time expired, so to speak. 15 seconds left in overtime. But the Jets winning it 27-24, their first win of the season. And, yeah, the Titans had some shaky, shaky special teams. But I mentioned Zach Wilson. He had an incredible day. Let's just be honest about that. He had an incredible day for the Jets because, look, the... uh, And by the way, this is CBS's call of the miss, if you want to hear it. Uh, as Saleh uh, gets the win for the Jet, you know, coaches his way to a win. It was an ugly win. Bullock missing it. The Jets winning it. But to me, to me, and this actually has the TV calls more than anything, but this bomb by Wilson to Davis. And there you go. An incredible touchdown for Mr. Wilson on his arm there. Incredible day. Two touchdowns. A rating of 97.3. How come the fan uh, in fantasy points, he gained 18.7. Definitely a good lock today. 21 out of 34. 297 yards. I had maybe a couple weeks ago wondered why, but I I also think I said the coaching has never truly helped a first-round draft pick for the Jets the last couple times. CC Sam Darnold, CC Zach Wilson's first few weeks. But this kid is legit, okay? This kid is for real. You know, he might have had his stumbles, had his struggles, but Zach Wilson looks like a a great pick for this team. And let's not sleep on him moving forward here in New York. Let's not sleep on Daniel Jones. He had a great, great touchdown pass as well going deep. And then I called it on my Facebook an improbable New York, uh, an improbable sports Sunday in New York. Why? Why, you ask? Because coming into the day, without Slayton, without Shepard, the Giants kind of were hamstrung. So how would they do it? And then, and then, the Giants improbably beat the Saints and go one and three in week four. And then you had the Jets take it down to the wire. I mean, down to the wire, but they win it. It was messy. 
I guess the Jets now go to London. But it was messy. It wasn't pretty. He got the job done. But then, but then, but then, you want to talk improbable? First of all, the meltdown of the Yankees this weekend must be talked about. Let me say that again. The meltdown of the Yankees must be talked about. Blown out 12-2 to on the Saturday. Losing on the Friday. And they were really in position to get home field this week. And that lack of home field advantage on Tuesday night against the Red Sox could be detrimental. Not saying it will be, because the Yankees did sweep the Red Sox just a week or a half ago. Week and a day ago in Beantown. But, but, today, game number 162, they couldn't take care of business on a 161st Street in game 161, called it 161 on 161st. But let me tell you, game number 162, well, could you have screwed it any better? And uh, John Sterling, an incredible call as well. The Yankees walking it off a very weird infield single, but nonetheless, a walk-off W in the Bronx, 1-0, 162. So again, an improbable, an improbable moment. And an improbable Sunday in New York. Hey, you know, I want to talk about a couple other things today because have you ever thought about uh, selling your vintage or even gear? I want to tell you about a purchase I made from VintageBrand.com. They're not sponsoring yet. Maybe they will be one day. But the first purchase I got from them inspired me in many ways. And I have a question for you. Uh, stay tuned for that question. Also, also, Michigan. 4-0, defeating the, the Badgers on Saturday. But on Saturday morning's New York Post, Matt Humans, he's this big Vegas editor, he said, oh, the UM's going to suffer their first fall because they had some stumbles in the last win against Rutgers. Well, Matt Humans had some egg on his face, and I would say to Vegas, explaining to do... For a guy who touts himself as his big Vegas editor. I'll get into him. Look, I'm not into attacking people, but I'm also into starting to call people out. Called Stephen A. Smith out on his Ben Simmons rant. What are you talking about, Stephen A.? Now I want to call out this guy. Because he's, you know, to you he may not be anybody, but to me, when he makes a claim, and he claims to be this big, big prognosticator, this big Vegas uh, editor and this guy to predicting sports. Uh, you know what? I'll just tell you his his, his handle right now. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. Matt Humans, you gotta look him up. Matt Humans247. Don't attack him. Just hear me out on this. He's got 33,000 followers. 
And he said, he said basically, and he's been on the same show with Matt Vesker. No cap. But he said, Michigan, UM will have their first fall, first loss of the season. And let me tell you word for word what he said, because I'm just, uh, I'm just a little bit flabbergasted, to be honest. A buzz surrounding Jim Harbaugh again. It's fair to wonder if the Michigan coach truly has a team worthy of the hype. By the way, they moved to five now. The Wolverines... Five, four in all record includes non-conference victories over Washington, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois. Here's the line that gets me. Michigan opened Big Ten play last week with a 20-13 win. This was Saturday's column. Against the Rutgers that raised, or against Rutgers that raised some red flags. He said Harbaugh's offenses have lacked imagination and a vertical passing threat in recent years. By the way, this McNamara kid, he can throw it down the field like I've not seen a Michigan quarterback do in a little bit. But it gets better. The Scarlet Knights limited the Wolverines to 47 total yards and no points in the second half. Next up is Wisconsin, which has the number one run defense in the nation and will load up to stop the run and dare quarterback Cade McNamara, uh, McNamara to make the plays. By the way, McNamara, how college football All-American does that sound? McNamara, just the name McNamara has that All-American football feel to it, doesn't it? Well, let me tell you something, Matt Humans. Let me tell you something, Matt. That lack of imagination, that daring of Cade McNamara McPlays, led Michigan to a 38-17 win over Wisconsin in, I think that's uh, Madison. I could be wrong. Their, their capital in Wisconsin. Here's the stats on McNamara, by the way. The daring of him. 17-28. 197 yards. Two touchdowns. Sounds like he really was too much dared to beat the Badgers. So, when you try and listen to these guys and read up on a guy that says that he is a Vegas Stats and Information Network editor, VSIN Network editor. Oh, and to get his content, you have to actually subscribe. Subscribe to what, VSIN? A guy that says they're going to dare K. McNamara? A guy that says Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's? Offense lacks imagination, so don't pick them this week. After Wisconsin underwent a very brutal loss to Notre Dame a week before, I'll get to Notre Dame in a minute because I'm a little, I'm a little tight about Notre Dame. Okay, I'm a little, little, little worried about them this past weekend. I know that Cincinnati's a top ten team. I know that they were seventh, but it just rubs me a bit the wrong way. I know I shouldn't. But here's where it got VSIN network editor, Matt Humans, Y-O-U-M-A-N-S, 247. He's a host. 
He works on ESPN. He works for the New York Post. He's their betting contributor. But would you take advice from anybody that's a better? Is the better's guide even worth it? Come on. Is the better's guide? I mean, this guy that lost, put his, you know, down payment for a house on the Bears, only get blown out by the Rams? Is his better's guide even worth it? Any any better? Any better's guide expert? Because to me, when you see a hardball team that's 4-0 going into the weekend, you might think a little differently than say, flatly, they're going to suffer their first loss. That's why I just want to hear them play. That's why I've tuned out sports radio for a lot of the week, believe it or not. That's why I'm just doing this and, and then not really tuning into local radio or national sports radio. Don't get me wrong. I love waking up with Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick for years. I loved watching their simulcast for years. But at the end of the day, I don't need to hear leading up the Super Bowl what everybody's going to do, injury report, whatever. The, the, the nonstop coverage up until the game is so nauseating, it makes you want to turn it off. It makes you want to actually listen to Dr. Anthony Fauci tell us we may not be able to gather till Christmas. That's how bad it is during the week, okay? It makes it so bad, Dr. Fauci, hey, you know, I threw out the first pitch in Washington. Uh, we know, we know Dr. Fauci, don't to tell us. Oh, and by the way, don't gather at Christmas, okay? Okay. Whatever that means. What, whatever that means. But that becomes more listenable than the droning on about the Zach Wilsons of the world, the, the Daniel Jones, the weather. They'll get the monkey off their back. I mean, just watch the game. I understand, though, for people that bet, they want to know the experts. But maybe these bettors should take a look at their own research. I was talking to a friend of mine, you know fantasy football and fantasy baseball. How did they do it without the mobile phone back in the day? They had spreadsheets and stat sheets and score sheets. And I, all the paper in the world, you probably killed the trees before even the, the wildfires did, okay? But that's how much sheets you'd have of stats, of scores, of box scores, of summers. I can't imagine what we did without the phone in fantasy times. So you would think the betters would actually listen to their own instinct on these things. Not the guy that drops, what, his housing down payment on the Bears only to lose it all, which we covered after week one. But come on, Matt Humans 247. Now, if you're listening to this, don't go attacking him. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying, if you have 33,000 followers on Twitter alone, Matt Humans, do a little better at trying to figure these games out. You also called that Notre Dame would beat Cincinnati, which, as we know now, was not right. Notre Dame did not beat Cincinnati. They lost 24-13. And the Bearcats look good. Now the Fighting Irish are 4-1. and one. Okay. By the way, Michigan-Penn State in November looks pretty good if you're 
in the area and you want to hit up a, a college football game, that, that seemed like a game to go to, just, just throwing that out there. But Notre Dame, home, 14-22, yards, no touchdowns. Pine, one touchdown. Uh, Jack Cohn was going to be facing his former team. Well, actually did last week, and he beat them. Uh, Michigan. He's actually out of Sayville, New York. Pretty cool. Local kid. And his, his bio says he's a graduate transfer from Portsmouth at Wisconsin. So the week before was his big reunion against Wisconsin at Soldier Field, which he pretty much you know dominated uh, against the uh, in basically I think home territory Notre Dame Chicago. Notre Dame actually sends college kids to Chicago Blackhawks. They get drafted from Notre Dame. That's how close they are. About two hours and a half drive from O'Hare Airport, by the way. Three, uh, maybe a little more, but three to five hours. But that game, Cone threw for 15 29, 158 yards, 10 and a half, uh, and a touchdown. Then you got some reporters saying it's time to move on from Jack Cone. Well, Jack Cohn got you to four and one, dummy. So keep with him. I I just I can't understand why you know what what it is. Now I didn't watch the game closely, but if there is a big deal about the quarterback controversy, which a couple of these college teams have been going through, by the way. Look at the Bears. A pro team's been going through that, too. And Justin Fields finally had his day, by the way. Bears winning 24-14. Okay, it's against the Lions. I know. I know that. But <laughs> you got to give them credit for winning. Matt Nagy is 4-1 against the... Detroit Lions, only real bright spot about Matt Nagy, who gave up play calling. He was offensive coach. Bleacher Report, man, has so many good things, so many different highlights that I just uh, enjoy reading for you guys here on the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett, Alex Garrett Podcasting, and Kenny Dick Sports. Bill Lazor, the, the offensive coordinator, called the plays and win. Okay, so that being said, that being said today on the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett, um, what is, what are the chances that Jack Cohn gets another shot next week? Look, because Notre Dame's independent again, they might have flexibility, but they also can be a contender. And next week, they go to Virginia Tech, the Hokies, 7.30 p.m. Then they host USC. But I say 
save, try cone again. Try cone again. He got the touch, you know, he, he's got the touch, the right touch. He may have thrown an interception and got sacked once, but I mean, come on. Guy's gotten you to four and one, and you're going to say, let's change quarterbacks. I, I really hope Brian Kelly, who's on his second year of a 10-year extension, does not do that. By the way, Jim Harbaugh, first year of a five-year extension, I'm liking it. I'm liking what I see from, from the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. I just am. I just am. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I just like it. I, I do. And uh, I'm excited to see what comes up for him even more. So there's that. There, there's all that. And I just, uh, in an hour or two, I'm going to talk about this Vincent Brand thing. But I just am hyped. I'm hyped about the improbable Sunday. I'm hyped that I think the Wolverines are going in the right direction. Of course, nobody in Ann Arbor will be happy until they beat Ohio State with Jim Harbaugh in leadership. You cannot sign a guy for five years and lose to Ohio State. I'm sorry, you just can't the next five years. Considering the last few it's been frustrating, and it's been bad losses. And by the way, you're home this year in the big house in Ann Arbor, Arbor against Ohio State in November. You got to win that. You got to win that game, okay? It's prime time. It's under the lights. It's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They'll be freezing out. But this is a fan base that is craving a Michigan victory over the Frickin' Ohio State Buckeyes, once and for all, can you make that happen, please? Can you make that happen? Last week I ran down the picks of uh, of Leal, Zach, and Zay, and this week I kind of wanted to take a different approach because, look, this is an important week for New York football. Where do the Giants stand after that win? Well, I will tell you. The Giants right now, and by the way, the... So, Brady tonight... And by the way, that's a little bit of that. Brady going back to New England. Al Michaels there for a second. Uh, gotta love that. Gotta love the montage they put together for him. You know, I was thinking to myself, if they really want to honor Tom Brady... Let the Bucks run out on the field by themselves. And Drew Brees is on the sideline. Look at that. Uh, with NBC. But really, really have Brady run out by himself. That's the way to truly honor him in, um, in New England tonight, uh, you know, on Sunday night. So I was mentioning uh, where do the Giants and Jets stand at one and three? Well, I'll tell you. Bottom of the division, 1-3 against the division right now. Miami's 1-3 also. New England, New England could very likely be 1-3, which is not a typical situation for the Patriots on the whole. In fact, the last, you know, 
we'll cover that. But the Jets definitely at the bottom of it, one and three. The Bills is three and one. And Josh Allen looks good. Then the Giants. Where do the Giants uh, favor right now? One and three at the bottom of their division. Cowboys are three and one. Dak had a running game today. Uh, Washington football team, two and two. Philly and the Giants, one and three. So, again, one and three in a 17-game slate might still work out in the Giants and Jets' favor. But that's optimism. It's eternal optimism a little bit, if you will. But it's optimism. And I don't mind being optimistic at all. I just... I don't believe that the, the the season's over yet for either of these teams. So, we'll have to see. The other notables, and I kind of like going through the notable of the of the week that stood out to me, was, yeah, the Cowboys beating the Panthers 36-28. Bills, uh, Bears finally winning again 24-14. No, I'm sorry, 6-1 and one versus Detroit in the Matt Nagy era. I thought the Rams losing to the Cardinals after beating the Bucks last week was very important. Kyler Murray on your stat sheet, 268 yards, two touchdowns, and what a performance for the Arizona Cardinals first round draft pick of 2019. That's going to be a fun NFC West. Because you're always going to have the Seahawks. You're going to have the Rams. You're going to have the Cardinals. Well, now you're going to have the Cardinals, which is very rare. Sometimes you don't have the Cardinals. Packers and Steelers, 3-1, and 1-3. Ravens, 23-7. But yeah, the Cardinals-Rams game should be the highlight of the week. Because that's a battle in the AFC West, and you got to love that. Hey, coming up next, I just want to do a quick button-up on what this playoff scenario was like for the Yankees coming into Sunday, what it means coming into Tuesday night against the Red Sox, not at home, but in Beantown. All that more on the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett. And can you dig sports radio another week of the partnership, Leo and co? Talk to you soon after this music and commercial break. By the way, new time slot. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, I'm just going to let these hours roll. Whichever hour you catch, that's great. But uh, keep it tuned here all day long on Kenny Dick Sports Radio. Keep it tuned to the Sports Hour, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., a couple fresh hours a week, and uh, for some fresh content every day. Stay tuned for that. Don't worry. We will keep you updated the best we can here on the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and of course, all day long on Ken, you dig sports radio. Hey, I finally found, welcome back to the Sports Hour, by the way, with Alex Garrett. I finally found the audio of John Sterling with the game-winning call of Aaron Judge's infield single. It'll be a 2-2 to Judge. Wade at third. Russo at second. One out. Scoreless bottom of the ninth. Pitch. Swung on and lined up the middle, and the throw home is not in time. Ball game over.
Harper. Yankees win. Ah! Yankees win and go to the playoffs. By the way, that sound provided by Meteoronomist. You heard that on 660 FAN, or maybe actually the FAN. No, 660 FAN uh, as the, the Yanks. We know he probably don't want to want on point uh, three FM or or sixty six because the Giants were on, and when the Giants were on, they actually moved the Yanks to FM, which even today I believe was the case, even though this was a magnanimous game. But Meteorominous, Meteorominous, uh Ryan is his name, coming up big there with the audio. Hey, some news: Tom Brady breaking the passing record, becoming the all-time passing leader. Which is interesting because there's two parallels here. Drew Brees on the sideline with Football Night America. And where did he accomplish most of this passing? With the New England Patriots, where he is facing off, where he was facing off against them as a Buccaneer. So congratulations to Brady. Uh, you couldn't do it anywhere else but New England, I suppose even if it wasn't in the Patriot uniform, but in the Bucs uniform. But that sound with the Yankees, yes. Aaron Judge's infield single that went off the glove of the pitcher, uh, Kittredge, who almost blew the game Friday night, by the way. Almost blew the game Friday night. Uh, led the Yanks to the wildcard game. But it shouldn't have gotten to that point. They had reeled off just coming into the week alone. Five out of six. Three against Boston. Two out of three against the Red Sox. Uh, two out of against the Blue Jays. With home field literally in their hands. But two bad nights back to back. And they were down to today. Thankfully they won. But to be up in Boston on Tuesday night is going to be tough. Boston's not a pushover. Boston may have been swept, but they're hungry. Boston may have been swept... But they're great. They've got weapons. The Yanks have weapons. That cost millions of dollars in baseball, by the way. But it'll be Tuesday night in the Boogie Down Beantown. Not the Boogie Down Bronx. In Beantown. And boy, oh boy. I would love to see what the Nets did up in Boston. I would love to see the Yanks do it too. And maybe stomp on the Red Sox logo, right? The B? No, don't do that. It's childish. Right, Kyrie? Anyway. Uh, don't step on anything if you win up in Boston. But, but, do fight hard. Do play hard. Do grind it out. Every at bat on Tuesday night. And someone mentioned, what a two- Games we have ahead of us. We have the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Dodgers and the Cardinals. The Dodgers now losing Max Muncy and Clayton Kershaw for this wildcard game. The Cardinals extending Adam Wainwright. So he's got a contract extension heading into the postseason. That's crazy, bud. That's crazy. And then, to me... Those are going to be historic matchups and coast-to-coast -coast crazy games the next 
couple nights, Tuesday and Wednesday. Then this Tampa Yankee rematch might just happen. Starting on Thursday night, we've got to see. Day by day, pitch by pitch, game by game. Cole has to have it. Garrett Cole, since his hamstring injury, has not been. Has not been the same Garrett Cole. Can we admit that? Can we admit that? I think we can. By the way, I was at the game on Saturday, and as an October birthday, just very excited to watch baseball again in October, hoping to see more. But thankfully, I love when they go into October with these seasons, because at least there's a little October baseball in the New York uh, Yankees and Mets schedules. Speaking of New York, you'll probably see it on my Instagram today, AlexGNYC1. I'm wearing the vintage Mets shirt that says New York from 1962. Now, you might ask yourself why I got that. You might. And I'll tell you flat out why I got that. Okay? I will tell you flat out why I got that. I got that because I truly wanted to have something that looks so cool. A jersey that the Mets wore on 9-11 that said New York on it. Well, the jersey's probably not even made yet, and it's going to be expensive as hell. So I went to VintageBrand.com, and I found the 1962 version of the New York. It's slick. You can see it on my Instagram and my Twitter, AlexGNYC1, AlexGNYC1. And, uh, you know, for the Mets, their offseason is going to be wild. Where do they go with manager? Uh, where does Comforto go? How does that work out for the Mets? Michael Comforto, the right fielder, the hitter, one of the core of this Mets future. This is the Mets future we're seeing right now. But VintageBrand.com, I, I got to find out more about you guys. And, and more importantly, leads me to my next topic tonight. Is there a jersey you've held on to for so long that you have a sentimental reason to have it, but you can't sell it. Okay, great. Don't sell it. Keep it. That is your keepsake. Your sports keepsake. But what about, what about if you have a jersey that you don't want anymore, that you might have on Instagram for a minute, but feel like I have no attachment to it? Well, have any of you ventured into selling your merchandise, your memorabilia that you don't want anymore? Your jerseys or jerseys. Jerseys are a thing now. Just ask fanatics. Because I really want to start doing it. I have tons of jerseys. Ask my girlfriend. Ask my family. I've got shirts and jerseys and jerseys and every sports kind of thing you can think of. I just got a jet shirt yesterday in MetLife Stadium, by the way, for $40. Because <laughs> it was hot out. I had the long sleeve. I and I didn't want to wear Darnold. Darnold. No. And there's a Jet jersey I'm going to get. You might think Namath. But you know what? I get jerseys of people I grew up with. And Chad Pennington is the guy I grew up with. The quarterback I grew up with. For me, there were two number 10s in New York. There was a number 10 on the sideline for the Jets. And the number 10, which he got his number retired last week, on the sideline for the Giants. Those are the number 10s I think of. 
and I truly resonate with. Pennington and Manning. I don't resonate with the name because I wasn't around the night. I don't feel like buying a jersey that I resonate with. I, I did get a mantle. I did get a Garrick. I'll tell you why I got mantle, though. Mickey Mantle and I share a birthday, October 20th. I share his birthday because he was born way before me, obviously. And he's a Hall of Famer, and his number is seven. So I've been trying to get some seven-themed uh, items like that jersey, number seven Mickey Mantle shirt. Long sleeve shirt's pretty cool. Might actually wear it uh, if they go to the playoffs on Thursday night. We'll see. And I got Gehrig. But see, the funny thing is I'm not emotionally attached to Gehrig. I got a great picture on July 4th, and I can wear it every July 4th. But, you know, a guy's got to also try and, and get back some of the money spent on these jerseys. So I would consider... Uh, you know, I would consider departing from the Garrett shirt. You will not see me selling my Mike Piazza jersey. No way, no how. The adult one I got. No, no. You won't because that's sentimental to me. You will not see the jersey I can't even wear anymore. But as a kid, I loved wearing the Jeter jersey, okay? And as a Hall of Famer, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting rid of that. He's up, I'm like a... a on display in my room. That's how much I love that jersey. It's a little jersey, too. You won't see me depart with that. But I'm starting to realize, Darnold, I don't want him anymore. I don't want him. Not because he was a bad player. He just was not used well. And he's successful in Carolina. I don't want that. Now, so I'd love to trade that for a Pennington shirt. That, that's where this is leading to, the jersey. So if you have any ideas where I can trade or sell jerseys or or whatever to get some of the money back that maybe I don't feel attached to, um, sentimental-wise, let me know. AlexGNYC1, my DMs are open. Alex at AlexGNYC.com. Let me know. Do you like VintageBrand.com? Do you like Fanatics? Is Fanatics a good warehouse to sell and, 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 and sort of be a marketplace for? Is Facebook Marketplace worth it? Tell me. Alex GNYC1, Alex at Alex G, Alex at Alex GNYC.com. That's my website, Alex GNYC.com. So let me think if that, let me know if that's a good business venture or not. So that's what it comes down to. Now, the Piazza, the Jeter, the Mariano Rivera, no, I'm not getting rid of that. But Darnold, yeah, I, I can see myself getting rid of that. I got an Indians jersey, okay, and the Indians I bought because you'll never see them wear it again, and I might keep it, but I don't have any emotional attachment to it. Phillies jersey I got from Fanatics, that I do have attachment to, because there was a time where I loved wearing anything Philadelphia. You might have caught me with a Sixers shirt on. You might have caught me with an Eagles shirt on. You might have caught me with an, a, a Philly shirt on. And the Flyers shirt, yeah, hell yeah. Why? Because that used to be, and that still is, the second city I would live in if I were to cover sports. The Philly scene to me is so cool. I love Citizens Bank Park. I loved Veterans Stadium. I love the energy of Eagle Games. I'm not an Eagle fan, but the energy was pretty cool when I had been involved down there uh, for the couple times I was a kid. So, you know, 
chapter there. Not going to close it. I'm going to keep my Phillies jersey. I have an old Blackhawks jersey that I can't even fit anymore. I was like, well, I used to win as a kid, so no, no, no. There's probably a kid out there that wants a youth Blackhawks jersey, and I'm willing to get rid of it. And I'm willing to start, because I've doled out a lot, okay, on jerseys and jerseys. By the way, speaking of jersey, I'm thinking of Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer. In L.A., guess the price of one freaking Dodger jersey. Guess the price. $200. That's right. $200 freaking dollars. Incorrigible. Unbelievable. Not, not investing in that. I got a Bellinger shirt. I now have another Dodger jersey, but no, I, I'm not going to do that. But seriously, have you guys sold and gotten rid of memorabilia or merch? Or merch? Let me know. What's the best place to unload some of the merchandise I've had in my closet, in my drawers that I really don't feel any attachment to. Let me know. Alex at alexgnyc.com. Alex at alexgnyc.com. By the way, that Brady touchdown, that Brady passing mark was a 28-yard strike to Mike Evans versus the Pats. Uh, pretty cool for him. There was some other sports stuff I want to get to before our time was out. Together because there's there's just a lot going on and of course the Giants clinching the NL West. I figured you should know that number one seed in the National League after 11 for win over the Padres. Figured you should know that and uh, you know Chris Bryant was a big part of that. I think so. I re I really do believe so because Bryant came on in the trade deadline, hit homers, hit some big singles, hit a big single yesterday. So it'll be fun to see what happens. And again, I can't wait to see uh, how this shapes up. I, um, the Major League Baseball matchups are like this. Cole versus Evaldi, a former Yankee, by the way. And Wainwright versus, to be determined, of course, Kershaw's not available. So, do the Dodgers go Bueller? Do the Dodgers go Scherzer? I would say that's the goal, but maybe they try and go for a lesser name to try and say their offense with Bellinger. And, and now, uh, this other kid, Will Smith, yes, has his name Smith, could lead them since Mike, Max Muncy is unavailable. St. Louis signing up Wainwright. Can we talk about St. Louis for a minute, by the way? There was, according to, I think Major League Baseball Twitter. I could be wrong. But I got this stat about the Cardinals while I have you here for a few more minutes. The Cardinals, as of September 7th, 2.8% chance of making the postseason. They, of course, have that incredible run of, what, 16, 17 games streak. The wild card could have been the Reds, but it's, it's not. 
But this streak, which even today you would say should propel them, I'll tell you what happened. They ended up going a record 90, 70, 90 and 72. 7 and 3 their last 10. But they had a monster September. And that monster September, I know the Dodgers ended with 106 wins. I know the Giants ended with 107 wins. But a monster September like the Cardinals had, you could conceivably believe that that could propel them to take down the 106-win Dodgers. Take them out because momentum is everything in October. Yankees, let's be honest, have a little momentum here. Because they're going to be fired up. They just had this incredible one nothing win. A perfect October baseball game, by the way. one nothing pitcher game, right? And Chapman getting the win. Of all people this season, Chapman getting the win. But St. Louis... But the Dodgers, without a couple key players, I don't know what they're going to do against a Cardinal team that's white hot. They're white hot. I know they lost a couple of Cubs over the weekend, but they're white hot. And they will not be silenced. I don't believe, and I'm not fooled into thinking so. So what are your takes? At me at AlexGNYC1 on Instagram and Twitter. What are your takes? Who do you see doing what? The Giants winning. Jets winning. Do you see those teams advancing? You know, a follow-up on the Ben Simmons decision deal. I've been hearing rumors that they won't even pay him now. That the Sixers won't even pay Ben Simmons. Isn't that absolutely nuts? Seventy Sixers won't pay the eight point two five million dollars owed to Ben Simmons, setting stage for financial showdown. This according to the Sporting News. That is absurd. It's been a back and forth all year, all summer. Stephen A. had to interject himself. I don't know why, but he did. And that's 25% of Ben Simmons' salary. I'm going to just hold that. 25% of that. That's crazy. Simmons also awaiting a trade. And this $8.25 million was due October 1st, Friday. Now Monday, October 4th. Where's the money, Sixers? It's going to get ugly down in seven in Philadelphia world. And um, I guess you could say we're all for it, right? Because we love a little crazy. But on this on this wild card thing, I'm really thinking about that. Where, where, do you, where do you see it? Where do you see this going? Do you see the Yanks having the will to win and the stamina to win and the strength to win? I say will because if you saw Saturday's game, Glaber Torres in a 12-2 debacle had no will whatsoever. Why are you just walking that up to first on a pass ball strike three? Why aren't you running hard to first? Tell us that right now, sir. Tell us that right now. I'd like to seriously 
understand this. So they have to have the will. They, they can't wilt. They can't have a high and then a low and that can kill them. They have these highs of win streaks and they lose two out of three to the Angels after losing two to the Athletics after winning 13 in a row. They've just have not been able to keep the momentum going and they have to. End scene, bottom line. Bottom line. And the Red Sox have Bogarts. The Red Sox have weapons too. Let's not forget that. And Eovaldi, he's sharp. He is sharp. And if the Yankees have to go to a guy like Clay Holmes for a few innings, they're going to do it. They have to do it. This whole idea I was listening to over the weekend, bullpen budget, is just a bunch of BS, okay? It's just a bunch of BS. There's no reason why a team should be budgeting their bullpen in a playoff race, in a three-day marathon against the Rays. But it happened. But it happened. By the way, I'm going to save the last few minutes for something I aired a few years ago because today, Ken Singleton threw out the first pitch. Yankee broadcaster for many years, calling it quits. I want to play you the bit I did on him a few years ago for the Sports Hour and Can You Dig Sports audience. So don't miss that in just a few minutes. Because I really do want you to uh, know that this, this guy, Ken Singleton, who was a former Oriole, by the way, meant a lot to my family and I's life, and to the Yankees, and to baseball, and to the Orioles, right? He won in 83 with them. Such a good dude. Such a good man. And we will miss him dearly on yes. Look out, as he would say. And look out is right. This postseason is going to be electric. By the way, side note. Remember the last time the White Sox and the Astros who played each other in the League Division Series, played each other in the postseason, was the 2005 World Series. The 2005 World Series. Well, if you're new to the game, you could say, how could that be? The Astros were in the American League. Ah! Ah! But they were also, also in the National League pre-realignment in 2015. And in that National League, they mowed through to get to the World Series with Carlos Beltran, I think Oswald and Pettit at the time. But Canerco, the Paul Canerco, Frank Thomas, A.J. Perzinski. Oh my gosh, the list goes on. They, under Ozzie Guillen, were outstanding. And they had quite the outstanding postseason. So I believe this week, when the White Sox play the Astros in the American League Division Series, you might see highlights of the 2005 World Series on your television screen because, yeah, that's the postseason history between these two. They weren't even in the same division, uh, same league, rather. Weren't in the, in the same league. Rival divisions, AL Central versus NL Central at the time. 
So this rematch should be interesting. It's going to be very different, too. Nobody likes the Astros. I once taunted them, why are they throwing out the White Sox fan that threw out the trash can on the field when it was a trash can that got the Astros to the World Series and beyond? When someone says, don't you think about the Black Sox betting scandal? Can we not get into betting? Can we not make, you know, references to betting? Because that ish is out the window. When you see sponsorships with the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy, DraftKings, whatever. Out the window, the gambling mentality should be, the gambling scandal should be out the window when you see them sponsoring them. And you see the apps now saying, hey, it's 10 to 5 in the first inning. You should bet this way. No, no. Or it's 13 to 10 in the second quarter. You should bet this way. Absolute horse manure. Absolute horse manure, in my view. Maybe not yours, but to me it is. All right, I want to play this a little bit from my thanks to Ken Singleton, and then we'll call it a day here. But no matter what hour you're listening, you're always going to get some fresh content on Alex Garrett podcasting on the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett. Can you dig sports radio? The partnership continues, but before it continues even more, let's go to that tribute to Ken Singleton, who on Saturday announced his retirement. And you could tell Michael Kay was kind of sad about it. You could tell Ken Singleton was choking up about it. But everything runs its course. Kenny was in the broadcast booth for many years. And we will miss him on the air. We will miss him in the booth. And let's get to it. He he tells the story of why George Steinbrenner hired him. And uh, I, I just I just want you to listen to this segment I had done and literally edited together on Saturday from a few years ago when I first heard that Ken Singles was going to call it quits on yes. Now, one other kind of cool thing is that Kenny Singleton, a a friend of mine from Yankee Stadium, is calling it quits after the season. He said today on Twitter, Ken Singleton, uh, Ken Singleton 29 or K Singleton 029, this will be my final season of calling baseball games, Singleton wrote on Twitter. And he said, I've been playing baseball and we're talking baseball ever since I was four years old. Four years old, imagine that. He said, it's time for this enjoyable ride to end. And thanks for allowing me into your homes and businesses. It's been my pleasure. By the way, Ken Singleton on Twitter is at twenty nine all time. That's twenty nine all time. He, by the way, had a fifteen year career that started with the Mets, but really kicked up with the Orioles in the late seventies and eighties, where he made three All Star appearances, finished runner up in the nineteen seventy nine MVP race, a great hitter, which is why I thought him uh, comparing the O's offense of uh, well today to back then was kind of like well. 
He should know, right? He's he's having an offensive presence with that Oreo team, which, by the way, won in a World Series with him in 1983. But where? how did he get into the broadcast booth? Well, if you're in the Yankee organization or somehow involved with them, the roads do really lead to the suite of George Steinbrenner, George M. Steinbrenner. He looked at me and he said, right to my face, he said, our, our fans aren't going to like you. And I said, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner, I, I don't understand. He says, I can't recall all the bad things you used to do to us uh, while I was playing for Baltimore. And I said, with all due respect, Mr. Steinbrenner, I, I was just doing my job. And he says, well, you did it very well. And uh, But then he started to mellow and he asked me if I knew somebody. And I said, no, I didn't, I, I didn't know them. And uh, he said, well, when you get to know them, you're going to like them very much. And uh, uh, Mrs. Steinbrenner gave me the opportunity to work on Yankee baseball starting in 1997. And I've been there ever since. And I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. Uh, I, I think what he really knew was he knew I was from New York. And uh, I, I think he wanted to give a guy from New York a break. And uh, I will be ever, forever grateful for that uh, for that opportunity to work for the Yankees and uh in that regard, and uh, it, it's been just a pleasure, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, so, I mean, let's be honest, George Steinbrenner, Mr. Steinbrenner's given a lot of guys from New York a break to make things happen. He gave Daryl Strawberry a break. And you know, Daryl now has his life together and is preaching the word of God, the word of Christ, to many who are lost. So what a story that is. We've got Rene Groom, who also had his life touched by George Steinbrenner. My dad and I had the fortune of having George Steinbrenner's goodness touch us and impact our lives for nearly 10 and more years, 18 years ago. So it's kind of cool to be in a company like uh, with Kenny Singleton, a great guy to talk to, by the way as he reflected on his path, his road that went through George Steinbrenner's suite. And there you have it. There you have it. Ken Singleton, we will miss you. We pray for you every day and pray that uh, you will still be a presence in this Yankee organization. Congrats on a retirement and a playoff series, playoffs to boot. Should they consider it fifth straight playoffs if it's just as a wild card game? Someone say yes, someone say no. I would say, you know what, it's what it is. Things got to do what they got to do to get to the division series. We'll keep posted for you on Alex Garrett podcasting, the Sports Hour with Alex Garrett, and Ken You Dig Sports Radio. We'll have more all day long right here on Kenny Dig Sports, part of the Jukebox Radio.